3: That's JTRRoofingInc.com.
4: Business
0: 1440. KYCR Golden Valley. A service of Salem Media Group. Stream on the go with the free Business 1440
2: app. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. $3 trillion, that's how much money the House wants to spend on the next coronavirus package. On this vote, the Yay's are 208. And the nays are
5: 199
2: The bill passing last night, more than 1,800 pages worth and $3 trillion. Much of it, though, devoted to things not even related to COVID-19. And that has Republicans saying there's no way it's going to pass in the GOP-controlled Senate. Retail sales
0: plunge again in April. The Commerce Department says after a record drop of more than 8% in March, retail sales set another dismal record, following more than
2: 16% in April. And that is correspondent Tim McGuire. Investors not too unhappy. On Friday on Wall Street, they drove the Dow up by 60 points after a seesaw session, closing the week at 23,685. The Nasdaq up by 70.
4: This is SRN News. In the Army National Guard, family means everything. Our
6: parents, they were really supportive that all five of us would join. I got my education because of the Guard. I got to travel a little bit and experience a whole different culture. It helped me get my job. helped me pay for my house.
4: Serving part-time in the Army National Guard instills pride that you and your family will share. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station.
6: Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. Have you been putting off opening your retirement account statements because you're afraid of what you might see? If you were caught in the recent correction, you know that watching your savings evaporate in the market is devastating. We're the Retirement Income Store, and our message is clear. It's time to stop crossing your fingers and toes hoping for growth and reset your retirement for income using interest and dividends. Call 888-888-4176 now to learn how the Retirement Income Store can help during these uncertain times. 888 888 4176. We'll send you our retirement income kit with five educational tools, including David Scranton's best selling book and a no obligation call with an income specialist. 888 888 4176. The Retirement Income Store, where retirees go for income. Call 888 888 4176 now.
7: In a lawsuit, a little extra liability protection can go a long way. Call Pamela McCarthy, agent at the Pam McCarthy Agency, Inc. A personal liability umbrella policy from American Family Insurance offers a million dollars or more of coverage, over and above the limits of your auto and home policies. And it's affordable.
3: For details, contact Pamela McCarthy, agent at the Pam McCarthy Agency, Inc. Call 651-460-460. 3333.
6: American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI, and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison,
4: Wisconsin, 53783. The Wall Street Business Network is on the air. I'm excited. This economy is on fire. It's the King Banyan Show.
7: Let me emphasize that correlation is not causation.
4: As an educator and former legislator, Professor Banyan steps out of the classroom and onto the airwaves to break down the local and national economic news that matters to you.
5: Unemployment is low because everyone has two jobs.
1: Please, bring on the
4: recession. It's the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Now, here's
7: King Banyan. getting higher. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. Thank you for joining us. People tell me this is the hour where you're going to get your geek on. And you will, because we have no other... There's nobody I would rather geek out with than John Spry. No one I would rather more geek out with. I've got other people I can geek out with, but there's nobody better at this thing than John. Good morning, John Spry, economist from St. Thomas. How are you? I'm doing
2: pretty well, King. I've been thinking a lot about economic methodology, like how do we do our job as economists, and um, what do we know and what to we not know, and uh, the benefits of saying that there are some things we're kind of ignorant about. There so, are, um, yeah. Um, there there are kind of uh, a lot of these models out there. Um, your listeners may know they're basically category models, like a lot of times they're called S-I-E-R models because they put you in a category of being susceptible to the virus, Infect, exposed, infected, or um, removed, which could be death or recovered. And you move through these stages. And in these models, um, if you're trying to predict, for example, how many people die, the, the two big kind of variables are how transmissible is the virus? How easily does the virus spread? So if you think that's higher, that's going to lead to a higher number of people getting infected. And then the second thing that's very important in these models to predict uh, the death rate is what they call the infection fatality rate. And that is of all the people who are ever infected, including people that never see a doctor or never get tested, but also including people that have a positive test for a live infection. Of that universe of people that are infected, what percent will die? And here I can constantly say, as a Minnesotan, we don't have a very good idea about the Minnesota infection fatality rate right now because that's a fraction and we don't know the denominator, the bottom of the fraction. And so when people criticize like the Minnesota model um and I think there are bad and good criticisms of that model, you have to understand they just don't understand because nobody knows the infection fatality rate because we haven't gathered that data for Minnesota so,
7: how, so uh John, maybe we should start there then is uh so we know that it, with a local or more local focus here in Minnesota. Um, rather than adopting a model from outside, very early on, the University of Minnesota provided to the governor's office a couple of a couple of estimates, a model or two, regarding uh, regarding uh, um, regarding the uh, use of uh, 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 the, the a model for the the progress of uh, COVID, right? And they had to go through this whole thing. Now it means that and maybe you should maybe we could start here in order to to make the model effective or to be able to use it you have to m- calculate some parameters right and you've identified to the rate of infection okay the rate at which uh, an infected person can uh, infects others or what's been called typically the r not which is actually not the the, the the subscript actually doesn't belong there let's call it r right and then the infection fatality rate okay, which you've identified uh, as well. How did the Minnesota model get at those numbers?
2: Um, they put in the different steps, and when you take a look at it for people geeking out, I would have people look at uh, Table S3 in the technical documentation. And, okay, so uh, hang this... on
7: hang on now. Let's make sure... Let's make sure that people are actually able to take a look at that. Okay, so let me go find. I know in your show prep materials we had this listed. I'm trying to find where that that particular one is. Um, But I think it's pretty easy. It's mn.gov slash
2: covid19 slash data slash modeling. And you'll be able to find that there.
8: COVID.
7: Uh, nineteen slash data slash modeling. Got it. All right, I'm going to tweet this to everybody so they can pay They can they can play along at home.
2: And so when you look there at that table S uh, three, this is a table of decimation in the literal sense. Uh, decimation, of course, is uh, a word that comes from an ancient punishment for a group of soldiers where 10% of them were executed. And if you look at this data, they have their estimate of the proportion of people that are symptomatic that require hospitalization, and then the proportion of those people that die without ever being on a ventilator, and the proportion that die being on a ventilator. And if you look at the 80 plus age group these numbers are horrific so one of the reasons the death numbers in the minnesota model are high is because and i'm going to call this a guesstimate they say they got this from the experience of new york um but we don't know these numbers for minnesota for minnesota but um uh, if you're over 80, you multiply these numbers together, and it's worse than decimation. If you if you have a uh, an infection and you have symptoms of being infected with COVID-19, it is very bad in the Minnesota model. That's one of the things that gives them a higher death rate. Okay. Um, and I'm going to suggest that, um, and I've been saying this uh, for at least uh, a month, um, this is where, to make the model better, you actually have to have data, so you're not using guesstimates. Um, but, but we do have a Midwestern state that knows their infection fatality rate. There's only one Midwestern state so far that knows this, and I want to share it with your listeners. Please and that it. is because they listened to people that were giving them advice. I want to give the governor of Indiana credit they went out and got a random sample, like your uh, political scientists w- would do. Of uh, mm-hmm. They did tax records on all the people in, in Indiana, and then they contacted them and said, we will give you both the swab test for a live infection and the blood serum antibody test to see if you have antibodies, and we'll let you know your results. Um, and they set up community collection areas and did a random sample uh, with the state university, the University of uh, Indiana, and they found an infection fatality rate for the entire state of, of, of Indiana of 0.58%. And so that, to give that some, uh, some sense, that is about five point eight times worse than the seasonal flu
7: okay
2: they that is I think big news. It should be in our newspapers i I think it's very hard for the reporters to know what are the important things and what are not important. but this is not Minnesota, but it's a Midwestern state. Uh, I believe they're in our consortium. Um, when they set up the Midwest COVID-19 consortium, and they actually did this. They they did this um, the last week of April through May 1st, and that's a big finding because we know roughly, with some some measurement error, how many people are dying from COVID-19. But to get that very important infection fatality rate, you need to know how many people are infected. And that's what Indiana did, that Minnesota has been lagging our Hoosier fronts. And I think that's huge news. And um, we also have some uh, data from Spain coming in that we may talk about on the other side of the break, if we're getting close to our break.
8: Yeah, we're going to actually, John. This I'm uh, back. Oh, King's back.
7: Got it. Sorry, we lost. We dropped the signal for a second, but I'm back now. So I just missed, like, the last 30 seconds of what you were saying. But we were just talking about Indiana and the 5.8% rate. I'm taking notes, John, and I might, point, it might point be my
2: five, fault. Point five. 5.8 would be horrific. 0.58, which is still bad. Um, okay. So so that that means in Indiana, um, I mean, it's less than 1%. Um but it, it, it's r- roughly, roughly speaking maybe one in every 180 people okay. that are infected with covid-19 for the whole indiana population uh unfortunately die from it and i was thinking uh that this this is an important number um and and they should be taking that into account in the modeling um, but the modeling people are trying to do their best good faith effort in my opinion and it's really hard if you don't know the most important inputs into your modeling then well that's been the problem all
7: along hasn't it hasn't that always been the that, problem we don't know we don't know the i mean when you the word novel coronavirus which we the word which was the start when we started talking about this thing back in January when it was still the Wuhan, the Wuhan virus, right? We call it novel coronavirus. Novel means new, right, in this sense. not right. it doesn't mean fiction. It means something new. So, of course, you don't know the numbers, right?
2: Yeah, and so that makes it very, very hard to come up with forecasts. And, and that's why there, there's an old joke, how can you tell economists have a sense of humor? and of course it's because we use decimal points in our forecasting. Yes. And so if i had to criticize the minnesota model, they're showing their death projections out to the to five significant digits, the exact number of deaths they're predicting, and i think given the uncertainty about their inputs, um they should be using like one significant d- digit, not five.
7: One maybe or two, two, maybe maybe two, but certainly maybe not two. more than that. Maybe yeah. two, um, but
2: that would help because I think in verbal things they try to say, oh, don't put too weight too much weight on these specific numbers. Um, one of the things I found looking at what Minnesota has done is they've done a terrible job of like presenting their seminar. When you when you don't have a lot of precision in your results. You don't show a lot of significant digits, and that's an easy way to communicate that we have a lot of uncertainty. And I think that's the correct thing to say is the say the really smart people know that there's tremendous uncertainty and they're always communicating that there's tremendous uncertainty. I know the Indiana estimate of the infection fatality rate. I don't know that that's going to be the same for Minnesota. Right, it could be, but I don't. I don't know that, and that's that's the sense in which um, humility is really useful in our profession or any forecasting profession. And so, there's more more things I'd like to share with uh, your listeners of news from Spain and what I think are the three lessons we have learned from the models.
7: You're you're well. Uh, hopefully, I got you for a while because it's going to take some time to get through this. But that's it's very very interesting. We'll be we're visiting with John Spry, economist from the University of Saint Thomas, talking about how you model pandemics and the difference between how economists do it and how epidemiologists do it. And we're going to talk about more of this right after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on Business fourteen forty.
0: Whoa! beautiful morning Whoa. look at all these options you could fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream business 1440 top shelf choices include twin
5: cities our free app and radio.com eric metax is here like you i'm confined to my home spending time with my family and one thing we enjoy right now is watching uplifting movies that affirm our faith But what's there to watch? Well, I have the answer. Introducing Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus, a documentary that explores convincing evidence that the biblical account of the Exodus is true. Investigative filmmaker Tim Mahoney journeyed to Egypt, Israel, and throughout the world to search for answers to one very important question. Did the stories like Exodus, as written in the Bible, really happen? And the results of his investigation are monumental. Right now, you can watch Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus at home. Go to com. That's PatternsofEvidence.com. And immediately following the movie, a panel moderated by Gretchen Carlson and featuring Dennis Prager and Graham Lotz and me, yours truly, will provide further insight and commentary on the film. Watch Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus, and others in the series. Go to com. That's com.
7: The world seems to change every day. While we've made many adjustments during this pandemic, we are still open for you. Shipping parts, repairing pressure washers, and doing proposals for new wash phase hasn't stopped. As your local family-owned source for pressure washers, we are here for you during these times. Visit us at AmericanPressure.com to find out more. That's AmericanPressure.com.
4: Business 1440 and iHeartRadio, they go together like pennies and pinching. Listen anytime, anywhere at iHeart.com or with the free iHeartRadio mobile app.
7: welcome back King daniel show business is fourteen forty that's nice uh we're we're definitely setting up the Spotify for uh wyatt definitely uh we're visiting with John Spry. I have to tell you I had not seen the i u model the i u results until last night and they kind of confirm a set of things I was hearing if you if no one's been listening lately to uh the Hoover Institution and the interviews uh, uh, that uh, Peter Robinson there does. He's had three interviews with Jay Bhattacharya, who's both a doctor and a Ph.D. economist, a, med- a medical doctor and Ph.D. economist. And he's tested various populations, too. The idea that you brought forward, John, in the last segment was simply we need to get a random sample of people to try to test to see what the actual infection fatality rate here is, and they have found that that, that that it's basically about six times as bad as the flu, right? So it's more, we were hearing sometimes it was two or three times, and we'd hear, hear it was 10, 20, 100 times worse, and the answer is, the answer from this one study is about six. The other thing, John, that's in this this piece that you you posted was about 40 to 45%, was it 45% that had were asymptomatic? That that
2: is correct,
7: um, right? So, so there are a lot of people who have it who, who who have it and might be able to spread it. We're not sure about that, but don't know they have it. And that gets me to a particular point. I'm going to get to your. I'm going to get to your points too. But it, it's a good point for me to put this in. Uh, Wyatt, I've got a, I've got that one last cut I want to play now. This was Mohammed el Arian in talking about how the economy, uh, thinking about, think about this as an economist thinks about this. And I think this is a fundamental point to be made about the impact of COVID on how the economy works, that there's in in fact an information failure that's going on here. So it's not just the parameters, but it's just generally how we behave suffers from an information failure. Wyatt, play that clip for John, please.
0: The best way to think about this, John, is it's an information failure. Uh, And the information failure is when I meet you, I don't know whether you can infect me or not. And until we deal with this information failure, and there's several ways of dealing with it, people are going to hesitate. And as long as people hesitate, this economy does not come back in a way that it can
7: come back. So, so John... I think that, and he was talking to a different John, Jonathan Farrow at uh, Bloomberg, but, uh, but John Spry, that really is sort of a fundamental question in terms of how we think about the, the economics here, right? An economist models this in a way that that is responsive to that information failure. Once I know that there's something out there that's six times as deadly for me as the flu, right, from this model, I'm going to change how I behave. Right?
2: Yes. And I, I want to emphasize something. Uh, the Indiana study did a population infection fatality rate. It turns out, I believe we have enough evidence, and I'm going to cite some data from Spain, that this is not a constant like the speed of light that's the same for everybody. But in fact, that infection fatality rate is drastically different based on age. Yes, And so in Spain, for people over um, 80 80 years of age, the uh, um, infection mortality rate is 6 or 10, uh, 80 to 89 is 6%. So 6% of the people 80 to 89 get this, die in Spain. That's, That's a horror movie. And if you're over 90, it's 10%. On the other hand, if you're under thirty it's like point zero zero something zero something or point zero one um it's it's very low so um that information on uh, not just case fatality rates but infection fatality rates for a country like Spain that's had a a, a bad um a bad COVID episode really is going to give us some insight for the modeling that the risk, if you're, if you're old, you're really scared about running into somebody that could transmit uh, this virus to you, because that's a, that's a horrible and very economically and costly risk of, of running into somebody that has the virus. If you're at that older age, like 80 or 90.
7: Right, exactly right. So I, I, just as an example, yesterday I was out, I was running, my wife I've mentioned this in the last hour, I, when I run, my wife bikes alongside me and visits, and, uh, and it's kind of fun to have that conversation. It also keeps me from running too fast. And, um, and so as we're running yesterday, we see a couple of, of uh, women, young women, 20-somethings, and they're getting a the car to go out. They're clearly dressed up. And they're getting a car together, and they're going someplace. Who knows where they're going? My wife says, "Well, where where do they think they're going?" I said, "They're probably going out because it's not deadly to them. It's you know, it's you know." On the other hand, my mother is eighty eight, and it doesn't matter what her governor says. Um, She, I mean, this is a woman that goes to church or went to church every week, like a duty but hasn't been to church for two months because she recognizes the church is a place where she could be infected. And at 88, that's a significant risk for her, right? We can all make that calculation for ourselves. So, so, Uh, yes. Go ahead.
2: And and, uh, again, since Minnesota, we don't know the uh, infection fatality rate. Minnesota data being reported, um, and, and this is something where, quite frankly, our government's not doing a good enough job. Minnesota will report the number of cases and the number of deaths by age group, but they're not calculating what is the case fatality rate. So, for that subsample of people that actually get classified as having a COVID 19 case in Minnesota, if you're over 70%, the case fatality rate so far in Minnesota has been 26%. And when you hear that, your mom is a genius for saying, look, human contact is nice, but at my age, with my uh, health condition knowing this, is it worth, if I get infected, a one in four chance, if I, have a, if I get a positive test, I have COVID, of dying? That's a, that, and, and so that that's where this this disease. As we're getting data, it's really horrific for the elderly and people with uh, comorbidities. Um, but it has for Minnesota, there have been no fatalities under thirty, so that's zero so far. But again, that we don't have a lot of uh, cases because our testing has been limited.
7: So we so tell the, the yeah we so we tell people to stay in right and so my wife's reaction to those people to, to those two two younger women who were going out uh, looked like they were going someplace where they wanted to dress up which kind of meant to me they probably were going to see other people at whatever it was they were going to we don't know if it's inside or outside and, and she says she her response was well yeah but the issue is they can infect other people and I said yeah, but we don't know if they live alone. Or if they're living if they're if they were living with my mother, I'd be I'd be pretty upset. But if they're living without without people who are seniors and if they don't work in a nursing home or work in a in a, in a place where there's there's close contact in a confined space, my point is I guess I guess we we can we, we see people accepting risk all the time. And we're 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 kind of making generalized statements when what you're doing for us, John, right, John Spry, right now is trying to differentiate between age groups and between various health factors with comorbidities. But in fact, I think the governor has, in fact, kind of done that with the latest order, right? And so, uh, and so, so that that to me is is this this order that the, the change in orders that came on Thursday. Is a marked improvement, I think, over the way we were coming at it before. What do you think of that? Um, I I think so. And do I have time to do
2: my three lessons from the models right I now, will, or, I, or on I, the other I, side I, of the break? I,
7: I, let's do it on the other side of the break, John. And, and thank boy, you know what? You're going to have to be you're going to have to be my guest host again pretty soon because you know how to do this. We're going to come back in John's three economic lessons about COVID modeling coming up right after this. You are listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440.
0: Are you tired of all the garbage that Hollywood puts out? Why not redeem the time you're spending at home with your family and watch something that affirms our American values? For a limited time, you can purchase No Safe Spaces, starring Dennis Prager and Adam Carolla. Go to nosafespaces.com to stream the number one political documentary of 2019. Free speech is under attack now more than ever. Politicians on the left are threatening to permanently shut down churches and synagogues. And we can't even open a debate about when we return to work. There is no more important time to watch No Safe Spaces. The movie that the hard left does not want you to see. Go to nosafespaces.com. Use the code SAVE25 to get 25% off your purchase. That's SAVE25. This offer is only available for a limited time. Send the message to Hollywood that you support movies that support your values. Go to nosafespaces.com today.
1: Your potential customers are at home right now. Are you there with them? In these uncertain times, the investment you made in digital marketing is really paying off. Thanks to Salem Surround, you're on page one of the search engines. Your online reputation is five-star. Your digital presence is accurate, and you're everywhere. Oh, wait, you're not? You don't have an effective digital marketing strategy? It's not too late. Contact Salem Surround for help. We deliver prescriptive marketing solutions to communicate with your current and future customers that not only meet your needs, but exceed your expectations. Salem Surround can help you with digital marketing during these difficult times and beyond. Total market saturation with increased return on investment. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and to learn how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. SurroundMSP.com, connecting you with new customers. We're here with another satisfied JTR roofing customer.
3: What did your home need? We needed an exteriors update. We needed roofing, siding, um, entry doors, and our storm doors replaced.
9: Why did you choose JTR Roofing?
3: After meeting with their sales team and looking at the products that they were offering, as well as the warranty, it was an easy choice to choose JTR.
4: What did you think of the work JTR did?
3: The job was completed in a timely manner. The crews were very professional, and the workmanship was outstanding. We didn't have any surprises along the way or on our final bill. JTR was very knowledgeable and made it very comfortable from start to finish. Our house looks great. We received multiple compliments from friends and family. I was 100% satisfied with the work from JTR. Go to JTRRoofingInc.com to set up your no-obligation consultation. That's JTRRoofingInc.com.
7: Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. (laughs) Visiting with John Spry, University of St. Thomas economist, uh, good friend and uh, occasional golf partner, Uh, not often enough in my book, and we'll we'll, we'll remedy that uh, pretty soon here, John. But uh, we're we're talking just before the break. You have three lessons that uh, economics has to say about COVID modeling, and I'm interested in hearing those now.
2: And and these are, I think, things where um, uh, sometimes economists uh, have a model, and what we can say is this policy is better than that policy, but I'm not sure I want to have a lot of confidence in saying how big the, the difference is. And so the the first thing is, given what we know about how this uh, virus is transmitted, when there's no mitigation taken, and the 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 risk of death, particularly to the elderly, um, taking some uh, action like a, uh, a stay-at-home order, or it may have been just as simple because from the data. Once people knew the information that this thing is here and it's it's bad, um, people stopped going to restaurants before the stay-at-home orders. Yes. So um, taking taking some action to th- this is uh, um, in the past tense in the past to have flattened the curb. To avoid it being like uh, Bergamo, Italy, where you run out of medical capacity and hospital beds because all the infections come at once. That seems to have both health and economic benefits to the economy. While it sh- shuts down your economy now, it's better because you lose fewer people, um, so that's less than one. That's in the Minnesota model. That's in other models. Um, the next one is. Well, from, hang on a second. Uh, I want
7: to pause. On, I want to pause on that just a second, John. Just to be very clear, we're what we're saying is there's a period of time we're flattening the curve for the purpose of not overwhelming the health system. Actually, has economic benefits that are greater than the economic cost of the shutdown. That's what you're asserting.
2: Yes. And, and okay. that I, that I believe was true, uh, definitely for the first like two weeks of the shutdown. If you didn't have anything available, that that was like brute force. That was like the, the only policy tool we had to slow down the reproduction of the virus.
7: Right, and very much like I what, what I... happened with the Black Death. Right, we we you know seven hundred years ago when the Black Death came, we would actually isolate people. Indeed, we would we would lock them in their homes. To make sure they could not go out and spread uh, uh, the plague to anybody else, right? So that's been around a long time, and it works, right? Because it's been used time and time again. I mean, and it it causes it causes concerns. You, you, I mean, I don't know if you've read ever about the cholera riots of the 19th century, but uh, it was a similar quarantine model that that caused uh, great uh, uh, suffering and suffering of economies too, right? But for a short time, they make sense. The question is, what's the exit strategy, right?
2: Right. And so okay. this is where um, our, our colleagues at the University of Minnesota, uh, Vivi Chari and Chris Phelan, and one of, uh, believe it or not, Minnesota and Wisconsin working together uh, with a co-author at, the, at Madison. They have a paper that I really recommend to people called The Hammer and the Scalpel on the economics of indiscriminate versus targeted isolation policies during pandemic. And so, again, this, this is modeling. I don't want to, like, say that their predictions that this is worth 3% of lifetime income are exactly right, because that's a huge number. Um, as economists, we know that's huge. You might be able to explain what 3% of lifetime income is. That's, that's mm-hmm. a lot of money. Um, yes, it and, is. and so they look at the, what I'm calling the shutdown. That was a, uh, indiscriminate policy. That was, we don't have testing capacity. We don't know who has this. So everybody try to stay at home and not interact. And we'll try to get the reproduction rate down here. They start looking at what if you're able to test and like I think the Latin root for quarantine isn't that basically forty days or fourteen days? I don't know 14, my Latin. One, one four
7: quatro uh, It's not quatro. Quatro is four. It's uh, but uh, quartento. The fourteen. I forgot fourteen though. It's fourteen. And it's interesting because originally they were going to do they were going to do. Um, uh they They originally started with a different different set of numbers, but uh they ended on fourteen so
2: um here they find that if you 're able to do testing and this is now very targeted, so their analogy calls this the the scalpel targeted you have a positive test, you are now quarantined, maybe food gets delivered to you. We pay for all the free streaming services you want, but we also, for example, like they do in Hawaii, they call you twice a day and uh, make sure you're doing okay, but also like, oh, can you uh, FaceTime with us and show us the inside of your room to prove that you're not running around anywhere else? And so that's the second thing I think we've learned, which is um, when you're able to do it, Targeted isolation is better than uh, indiscriminate isolation. And I'm pretty confident in in making that statement based on that model and the logic behind it.
7: By the way, the 3% of lifetime income, I mean, the way to think about that is a really rough estimate. If you think about how much money you earn, if you think about the the value of a statistical life, right? We've we've talked about this on the show before. That that number is just just as a first a first rough cut is about. Just thinking of it, orders of magnitude, ten million dollars. It's not one million. It's not a hundred million. And economists will argue it's 9, 10, 11 or twelve, but somewhere in there, okay. And and for and and, and there are other pieces of that. But if you thought about three percent of that, that says you'd be willing to spend about three hundred. That says you'd be spend, willing to spend somewhere in the neighborhood of three hundred thousand dollars to save a life. That's a lot, right? That's a lot. So if I think if I think the no, total number of people dying in Minnesota will end up being a thousand people, and I thought I had a strategy that could save all those all of those people, that says I'd be willing to spend three billion dollars right, to save those lives. $3 billion of uh, GDP, right? So so about three-quarters of 1% of GDP. That's not a recession, but that's pretty close. Yeah, and, and so that may help your listeners
2: understand my first lesson, which is if you're able to stop the spread of this, that has some big benefits. Yes. Um. And then the third lesson comes from uh, Michael Winston and his co-authors at MIT, and is called A Multi-Risk SIR Model with Optimal Targeted Lockdown. And here they make a difference, and this to me makes actual common sense once you understand the data on the death rates varying so much by age for this particular pandemic. Um, And they find, uh, one way to to put it, is for the same economic cost, you could save more lives if you used age-targeted isolation policies compared to indiscriminate isolation policies that would apply to everybody. Okay. And I I believe that that result. And I think that that makes sense once you see the huge difference in the mortality rate for the eighty plus people and the people under thirty
7: Okay, Good. okay, so those are the three lessons. Let's summarize them uh, uh, one once more. okay. Um, it, for a couple weeks, stay at home orders have both health and economic benefits, right? That's one. Two. Yeah, I mean, they target... also
2: have costs, but the the benefits exceed the cost. But the
7: net benefit, but the net benefits are are are, are greater than the cost, right? Okay, and I. Yeah. Okay, that that's one. Two targeted lockdowns make targeted policies make more sense, right? They they you actually reduce the cost of, of closing, but you get most of the benefits of closing, right? And. And, and, and I want to make sure, I, I'm not sure if I got the third one right. What did it's I miss? Uh,
2: age targeting. You, you could kind of say the, and, the, the, the second to um, age targeting, if you're not able to do testing and tracing, uh, age targeting uh, uh, lets you save more lives for a given level of economic pain uh, than indiscriminate policies. And then and I really like this analogy of using uh, a scalpel opposed to like a broad axe. If you're able to test and trace, this is what our South Korean uh, and mm-hmm. Hong Kong friends have been doing, and they have been mani- able to manage this successfully. Um, then you can reduce the the reproduction rate, and so one of the things sociologically is I think uh, with that going back to the idea of information, everybody looks at everybody as a huge risk, whether you're outside or whether you're spending 10 hours a day next to them in your senior community.
7: Mm-hmm.
2: And maybe these aren't the same risks and they definitely aren't the same risks. If you were able to test enough to get rid of that a. a- Information asymmetry. Right. So so test um, this So was,
7: test and Yeah. So test and trace is the way to solve L. Arian's problem, right? Of the information yes. failure. Yes. Yes. Right? And, and this was, Go ahead. But but okay. I, let me let me. I'll tell you what. Let's take our break and come back. I want to finish. I want to finish that thought. But test and trace is the way to solve the information failure. The problem is, what does test and trace cost? And is it perhaps necessary for us to fall back on on what's clearly a second best solution, which is the which is the age piece, which I think is what your which which is which is your third point. We're gonna I've got I want to run with that idea right after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on Business fourteen forty.
4: Business fourteen forty is KYCR Golden Valley.
3: I can't believe we have to make this commercial.
5: It's ridiculous.
3: You'll think it's ridiculous too. Listen to this.
5: This commercial is about, well, it's about parents being rude at high school athletic events.
3: Ridiculous, right? It gets worse.
5: Studies show more than 75% of new high school officials are quitting because of bad adult behavior.
3: So now there's a shortage of refs here in Minnesota. In almost all sports,
5: no officials means no more games.
3: Is that what you want for us?
5: Come on, parents.
3: It's time to grow up.
5: Cheer for your team.
3: Be proud of your children.
5: But stop being so ridiculous.
3: And don't make us run another commercial.
7: Because we will. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the
8: Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association, reminding you to always practice good sportsmanship. Hi, this is Lee with the Kingdom Builders. So I have to be honest and let you know that sometimes I really do get nervous about our current situation. I know that I'm being taken care of, but sometimes I don't act like I know I'm being taken care of. I'm really not concerned about my health. I want to follow the protocol that is put before us. I want to honor those in authority over me. At the same time, I want to be a responsible and good steward of the resources that I've been given. Day-to-day activities might look a little bit different. We should continue steadfastly on the path that the Lord has given us. We're not called to worry. We're called to run a race of endurance. Remember, the world is watching. How we react to our situation could impact how people see our faith. So if you're interested in having a conversation about your roof or gutters or anything else, we encourage you to give us a call at 612-900-9166 or look us up at thekingdombuilders.com. That's thekingdombuilders.com.
1: At
7: American Family Insurance, we know owning a business takes hard work. From long days to long nights, starting your own business is a dream worth pursuing. We're right here in your community and we'll be here for you every step of the way. American Family Insurance is focused on protecting the business you've worked so hard to build so you can keep moving towards what's next.
3: For details, contact Pamela McCarthy, agent at the Pam McCarthy Agency, Inc. Call 651-460-3333.
6: American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI, and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin, 53783. In an era
0: of fake news and misleading headlines, turn to a leader in accurate reporting, townhall.com. Get caught up with today's top stories, find brilliant commentary from our columnists, and have a laugh with our political cartoons at townhall.com. Limitless access to business and investment strategy. Listen to Business 1440 with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart. Tune in and radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities and invest worldwide.
7: Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. Last segment, thank you for having an hour with me, and thank you to Professor John Spry, economist at the University of St. Thomas. Appreciate you being here. John, here's the point I was trying to make as we were heading into the break. Test and trace has been sort of a mantra that you hear from people who have said, we need lockdowns. At one point, it seemed like the... The Minnesota uh, executive branch, uh, the Governor Governor Walz and others were sort of saying, until we can do effective test and trace, we don't want to reopen the economy. Um, but that that seemed to be – they seemed to have moved off that and moved towards something like your third point, which was in a world where test and trace is really costly, which I think it is for a variety of reasons – I think I, I it's not just the cost of the test itself, but the tracing mechanism includes some things that have privacy issues that in countries like the United States we're probably less accepting of those than places like South Korea or Taiwan. I kinda think I kinda think we might have said, well, in a world like ours, we might prefer to do something that is age targeted as the fallback where That might, in fact, be economically rational rather than test and trace. What do you think of that? Um, I think if you're able to do test and trace,
2: and and part of this is there's an idea called central quarantine, um, and at least to do optional central quarantine, where if you you have a positive test and you're living in a multi-generational family and you don't want to infect a grandparent, um, where the state will pay for you to go to somewhere like a dormitory or a hotel and will give you some money like jury duty for your your time and um, send you food and give you free streaming services and say, look, if we can take one positive case and for those 14 days uh, get it out of circulation – even if we can't do all of that, um, and this this is, is something that again is kind of common sense in the models, if you're able to combine some of these, so if you can only do imperfect test and trace with age targeted policies, that's better than the indiscriminate policies.
7: Yeah, all right. And I think that's I think that's the the, the basic point. And I think finally, uh, I think finally after a. a... After about uh, six weeks or so, I think the the Wallace administration came around to that view. and so it takes me to the one last question I have, which is which is this okay, giving you the first point, there's a limit to the, apparently to the ability of people to accept strict limits on their on their mobility in a country like the United States. did some con- did some states start their start their stay at home policies perhaps too soon and would they have been better off do the models tell us anything about whether they would have been better off waiting an extra week or two to start the policy in other words did countries like did states excuse me did states like minnesota perhaps start the start a stay at home looking at what was happening on the coast without thinking enough about what their local condition was relative to places where in new york and california or washington state
2: and and this is where I have been fairly confident that what I've been telling people you know, on your show today, I have a lot of confidence in what I'm saying. That mm-hmm. I would have no confidence answering that question. Um, other than to, other than to say, right now, if you look at this reproductive number, um, there are different ways to model it, but uh, one way at rt uh, rt live. Uh, shows the entire country has a reproductive number under one, which means cases should start shrinking or, or already have shrunk, except for Maine and Minnesota. So yeah. we we are kind of like the, the tail end of this. And I wanted to share some possible good news of how test and trace could work. Um, but again, it's an island where that works better. And it's an island that can't shut its economy forever. Um, but our, our, our uh, friends uh, in Hawaii, who were getting like 24 new cases a day, they're down to getting two or three new cases a day. Um, and obviously, they are all, always socially distant from the rest of the world, not just the rest of the, the U.S. because of their uh, remote island nature. Um, but they quarantine people arriving on airplanes and it and shows it is possible for the spread of the virus to be curtailed. I think Taiwan and and South Korea are examples of that. What I worry a little bit about and is one of these things that are unknown is for the continental US are we able to do that because Hawaii is the only state I can point to where they're not that far away from like eliminating the disease. Right. And, and, and the problem people. is, the problem for Hawaii is let's say they they eliminate the disease. They have test and tracking and they don't have the disease. Their economy is based on tourism. So this yeah. means when they open up and they start getting tourists, um do they Do they get uh, another wave of infections and so um I try to remind people we 're fighting the virus, not each other yes and and these are the things where for the modeling that 's like really almost impossible to to measure for Hawaii um, of what what happens as people continue to circulate. Um, and, and for Minnesota, I think it is important to know. Minnesota, we got our peak. We may be going through our peak deaths right now. There's yep. some possibility we just went through that peak, at least for this wave. There's And we'll have to leave it right there.
7: Endemics. Yeah, we'll have to go leave ahead. it right there, John, because we got to go. But thank you so much for your time today, John Spry from uh, University of St. Thomas. Thank you Wyatt for production. You've been listening to the King Banyan show on Business 1440.
5: Eric Matax is here. Like you, I'm confined to my home, spending time with my family, and one thing we enjoy right now is watching uplifting movies that affirm our faith. But what's there to watch? Well, I have the answer. Introducing Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus, a documentary that explores convincing evidence that the biblical account of the Exodus is true. Investigative filmmaker Tim Mahoney journeyed to Egypt, Israel, and throughout the world to search for answers to one very important question. Did the stories like Exodus, as written in the Bible, really happen? And the results of his investigation are monumental. Right now, you can watch Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus at home. Go to com. That's com. And immediately following the movie, a panel moderated by Gretchen Carlson and featuring Dennis Prager and Graham Lotz and me, yours truly, will provide further insight and commentary on the film. Watch Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus, and others in the series. Go to com. That's com.
9: Attention, hardworking Americans that pay too much in taxes! How would you like to get an extra five thousand dollars back from your prior year's tax returns? Family Tax will take your filed tax returns for the last three years and analyze them. We are experts at finding hidden credits and deductions other tax companies miss. Even if you've already filed, it's never too late. We guarantee that the IRS will send you back at least five thousand dollars, or our services are free. If you get Get a paycheck from your job. You make at least $30,000 a year. Call right now and learn how you can get an extra $5,000 back from the IRS from your past three years of tax returns.
5: Make this guaranteed free call now. 800-250-4079. 800-250-4079. 800-250-4079. That's 800-250-4079. America,
3: the Wow, Pro-Life Across America is celebrating its 30th year of saving babies. That's right. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. We began three decades ago, and thanks to our supporters, we now have billboards, radio ads, and Internet ads across the country. So what have we learned in these 30 years? No woman wants an abortion. Most feel panic, pressure, and alone. Our hotline receives an average of 200 to 250 calls a month. We connect callers with free, confidential, and life-affirming assistance. Please help continue this legacy of support or post-abortion assistance Visit us at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Or to donate today, simply press pound two fifty on your cell phone and say the key words Pro-life, pro life, pro across America, non political and totally educational.